Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Church, you have great power in your speech that can unleash a forceful fury that can create, that can tear down, that can build up, that can heal, and that can hurt. I want to go on record this morning and say that there are many today, there are too many that are wounding and not healing with their words. We got a lot of death that is coming out of our mouth. There's a lot of negative speech. And I just want to remind you today that there is great power in speaking out something that is good. And so today I want to speak life into your circumstance. I want to speak healing into your situation. You're not going to have any wounds coming from this preacher today. I speak life and healing. Amen. Great spirit in here already. Amen. While you're still standing, grab your Bibles. And I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. We really need to pray hard because summer is making a comeback. It's uh, fall has been delayed for just a few days. I don't know who's been praying for that, but please stop. <laughs> Matthew 15, and we're just going to read a couple verses of scripture here, verses 10 and 11. Matthew 15, verse 10. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Not what goes in to the mouth defileth but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. And I just want to speak to us just for the next little bit on this title, very, very simple. If you say so, if you say so, amen. And you may be seated this morning. Thank you so very much. God bless you. I have to admit something to you uh, here this morning. Sometimes, uh, in this incredible role of being a father, I can sometimes be such a pushover. <laughs> I can be, I can be such a softy, and uh, and I try. I really try uh, to not let my kids know that they have me wrapped around their fingers, and I really try because I don't want them to have the advantage over me, right? And that's what this is, is parenting, it's a game, and you don't want your kids to have the advantage in this game because if they knew that, the game would be over, and some of you are like, oh, they know that, Bryce. But seriously, if I'm being honest, my kids, if they, if they ask me something and they have that little, that little sweet look on their face, uh, I'll give them just about anything that they ask 
me for. I, I admit it. I'm not a very hard-nosed dad. Now, I do know when it's time to discipline and they get their fair share of that. But my kids, sometimes they really just know how to break my heart. And I'm asking the church to help me with this as I continue on in this endeavor. And one thing that really gets me um, is when my kids, uh, or when kids, especially my kids, uh, whenever they, they try to hold back tears, you know that face that I'm talking about? You know that, that look like they're trying? I, I can't stand it, right? I, I feel like I should cry for them. Like even though they might be in trouble or think they did something wrong and they try to hold back those tears, like don't do that because you're breaking my heart. Yesterday we were at home and um, just kind of hanging around the house and uh, I had just walked into the living room and I noticed that Bennett was picking up a sippy cup that had fallen off the side table and he was about ready to take a, a drink, all right? And all of a sudden, it, it, it hit me uh, um, that the sippy cup was from the day before and there was not water in it, there was milk in it. I'm so glad I got that reaction because most of you, you know who I am. You know how I despise milk that is expired. I, I will not drink milk on or after its expiration date. I'm so glad that Denton Graham is here this morning. He needs to hear this word because he sends me pictures of seven-day-old milk that he is still enjoying. You know that's why they put the date on their church? It's, it's not meant for you to drink it past that date. That date represents that this milk is best by the said date. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if you are drinking milk past its expiration date, you are missing out on the best that God has for you and you are settling for mediocrity. And somebody said amen. Bennett was about ready to take just this giant gulp, this big drink from a cup of milk that had set out all night. Now, milk that has set out all night, we need not look at the expiration date, right? We just need to flee from it, all right? Right as he was getting ready to take a drink, I hollered out, no, no, no. And grabbed the cup as soon. I ran over, grabbed it out of his hands just as fast as I could. And it, and it startled him. Like it really startled him. And he immediately thought that he had done something wrong. And his eyes got real big. And that little bottom lip started to pucker out. And with all his might, he was trying to hold back tears and it broke my heart he thought that I was getting on to him but in reality I was saving his life <laughs> the milk was not his friend church expired milk is not your friend, if he had drunk the milk, yes, it probably would have helped dislodge the piece of gum that had been in his system for a couple months, but he probably would have felt terrible the rest of the day. 
The Gospel of Matthew, how's that for a segue? <laughs> the Gospel of Matthew tells us that there is, there is something more dangerous than taking in something bad, and that is speaking out something that is bad. There's something more dangerous than you taking in something that is not good. And what is more dangerous than that is you speaking out something that is not good. Matthew 15, 10, our text, and he called the multitude and said, uh, said to them, hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Jesus said, hey, 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 it's, 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 not what, it's not what people put into their mouths that make them unclean. It is what comes out of their mouth that makes them unclean. Here's a fun fact for you today. Did you know that the average person, now I'm talking average here, the average person, now I'm not talking about the overly talkative chatty Cathy's or the I'm too shy person over here. The average person spends one-fifth of their life talking. One-fifth of their life talking. If all of our words were put into print, the result would be this. It would be a single day's words would fill a 50-page book. And in a year's time, the average person's words would fill 132 books of 200 piece, uh, pages each. That's average, okay? That is the average person, and some of you are like, simply not true, Bryce. I would have wrote four books in a decade, and then there are others of you who are like, oh, bro, I'd fill up a library. I'm on the scale over here. I'm not over there. Now, the point of this stat is this. We are constantly talking. We are constantly talking. We are, we are, we are a creature that constantly communicates. We talk on the phone. We talk online. We talk to others. Some of us talk to ourselves. <laughs> Somebody's like, Yes, texting and posting on social media does count as talking. We are a communicating creature created by a God who communicates via words. And so we are constantly talking, constantly thinking, constantly sharing what we think. Now, some of us are external processors and some of us are internal processors, but the deal is we talk a lot. One-fifth of your life will be spent with your mouth open. One-fifth. Now, that's a lot of opportunity to bless and that's a lot of opportunity to curse. But we talk a lot. And I, I don't mean curse words, okay? You follow me this morning? <laughs> so I'm like, whoo. 
Right, yeah, we don't want to list those out this morning. No, I'm not talking about that. That's not what we're talking about today. So in the end here, uh, it should not surprise us that the word of God and God's invitation into life as he designed it to be would have some things to say about how you and I use one-fifth of our life. Would you agree with that? It shouldn't surprise us that God is interested in how you and I use one-fifth. It shouldn't surprise us that God has an idea, a design for how we use those words that we are speaking. You see, speaking is central to God. God himself is word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You see, God himself is word, and his speech commanded nothing to be everything. Psalms tells us the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Amen. Ezekiel says when God wants dead things to come to life, he just speaks the word. He says, my friend, live. When Jesus wanted his friend to walk out of the grave, he spoke, Lazarus, come out. Hebrews tells us who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Friend, if Jesus were to stop speaking you you would stop existing how many are thankful that we serve a God that speaks the word a God who is the word a God who is not silent but he speaks the word how unlike the idols uh, that are found in the world how unlike the bales that are in the world those gods do not speak but the bible tells me that the heavens tell the glory of god and the skies announce what his hands have made day after day they tell the story night after night they tell it again they have no speech they have no words they have no voice to be heard but their message goes out through all the world their words go everywhere on earth friend you cannot escape the revelation of our God because he is a God who speaks he is a God who speaks life and not death he is a God who speaks change into your life would you clap your hands unto the Lord and say amen Amen. our God speaks speech is central to God Matthew chapter 8 records the story of the centurion man that came to Jesus for help because his servant was seriously ill. The Bible says, the officer said, Lord, my servant's in a home and in bed. He can't move. His body is in much pain. See what happens when you drink expired milk? (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just seeing if you're still following along. Just kidding. And in response to this man's plea, Jesus immediately agrees to come to the man's home and to heal him. Now, this is where the story gets a little bit interesting. The centurion protests that there is no need for Jesus to come to heal his, him at his home. There's no need for Jesus to come and enter his home. Jesus said, I will come. And he says, no, Lord, 
You don't need to come. He said, I am a man of authority. I have people over me and I have people under me. He said this, I speak to them and they go, they come when I call. He said, because I have authority and they don't do what I say, I have the power to take them out. And he says this, he says, you Lord, what he was saying was this, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Now, what he was ascribing to God was the sovereign ability and he was acknowledging God's superiority that all you have to do is speak the word. He said, you are not a man that is subject to geography like us. You are not a man that is subject to interpretation. But if you just speak the word, my servant who is miles away can be healed in that same moment. Oh, aren't you thankful today that we serve a living God that can just speak the word and everything can change when God speaks things change and here's where I'm going with this message this morning at creation God spoke the word to life in the beginning God said let there be and it was that should tell you and I something about the weight of words. And it should humble each and every one of us to know that God has given us the same power of speech. That is part of the terrible privilege of being made in his image. Church, you have great power in your speech that can unleash a forceful fury that can create that can tear down that can build up that can heal and that can hurt the book of James tells us he says know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to listen and slow to speak. And all my quick-witted friends here today felt shame. Be quick. Be speedy to listen. Be slow. Be in molasses when it comes to talking. But we are not in a culture that does that. We are in a culture that flips these two, are we not? Hasn't 24-hour news cycles and the constant need for gossip made us talkers long before we were listeners? See, here's the premise of James chapter 1. Words are powerful. With them we bless. With them we build up. And with them we curse and we burn to the ground. And throughout the Bible, this is actually a very common conversation. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now that might sound overstated, but I challenge you to do a little research Look at the statistics 
and see how often teenagers and young adults are taking their own lives simply for the constant tearing down and mocking of their peers. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories of teenagers, college students, young adults who have ended their lives, not because of a deep depression, not because of a chemical imbalance, but because the constant, nonstop belittling, the mocking and tearing down by other people via social media or in their life led them to take their own lives. My friends, words have power and the power that is in them is life and it is death proverbs would also argue not only do they have the power of life and death but they have the power to wound or to heal proverbs 12:18 says there is one whose rash words are like the sword thrust but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Words can wound. And if we're all honest here today, almost all of us could probably think back and remember when someone said something to us that cut so deep that it affected us later in life and possibly still affects us today. Words, a phrase, something someone said. Words are powerful. With our words, we can either build up or we can tear down. We can bless or we can curse. Our words have the power of life or death, power to wound or to heal. And that's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew. There is something more dangerous than taking something in bad, and that is speaking out something that is bad. Church, with your own words, you are prophesying over your own life. When God hears you speak about how much you hate your job, how terrible that job is, how your car is a piece of junk, and your kids are ungrateful, your spouse is lazy, your town is too small, your house is cramped, you know what his response is? If you say so. If you say so, be careful what you say. Be careful of the words that you say. Our words are powerful. And I want to remind us this morning that we are made in the image of the one who spoke everything into existence. What are you speaking into existence? What self-fulfilling prophecies are you articulating in your life? I want to go on record this morning and say that there are many today, there are too many that are wounding and not healing with their words. We got a lot of death that is coming out of our mouth. There's a lot of negative speech, and I just want to remind you today that there is great power in speaking out something that is good. And so today, I want to speak life into your circumstance. I want to speak healing into your situation. You're not going to have any wounds coming from this preacher today. I speak life and healing. Amen. 
life and healing. You see, here's the deal. We can choose what comes out. We have the ability to help funnel through that system to let whatever. I, I know there's a lot of garbage that we find ourselves in that we take in a lot of stuff. We need to be careful what we're letting come out. We need to be monitoring our hearts. We need to make sure that we got our hearts in check with Jesus and our life in line with him. Amen. And we need to be very careful of what's coming out of our mouth because what's coming out of our mouth has the power of life and death. It has the power to wound or to heal. And I want to choose life. I want to choose healing. Amen. I want to speak that which is good, not that which is bad. Not the negative, but I want to be on the positive. Why don't you go ahead and just try it for just a moment? Why don't you lift up your voice in this place and speak into your life? Speak into that area that needs a little growth. Speak to that negative side of your life and say no more. Not today. This is where it ends. It ends right here. I'm not going to choose to speak those words but I speak life and I speak healing into my life into my family into my job because the Lord's response to what you speak is if you say so if that's if that's how you feel if that's what you say Proverbs 18, 20 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Did you know that every time you speak, you're planting seed? Every time you speak, you're planting seed, and at some point, hear me today, you'll have to eat that fruit. We do eat our words. And so I submit to you this morning, make sure you're planting the right seeds. If you want oranges, you can't, you can't plant cactus seeds. If you want apples, you have to sow apple seeds. Does that shock anybody here today? Is this so deep of a teaching? Is this so beyond our comprehension? No, 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 no. In fact, it's very simple. We get that. If we want apples, it has to be apple seeds. If we want oranges, we got to plant oranges. This is the thing we have to do. Listen, none of this is ground shaking. This makes absolute sense. Listen, you can't talk negative and expect to live a positive life. <laughs> You can't talk defeat and expect to live in victory. You can't talk lack, not enough, can't afford it, never get ahead, and expect to live in abundance. And so if you don't like what you're seeing, why don't you go ahead and start sowing some different seed? Why don't you go ahead and start throwing out, oh, this is the promise of the word of God, and I choose to speak this in my life. If God be for me, then who could be against me? God will fight for me. How about this? God can heal me. With God, all things are possible. And I choose to speak this into my life. Speak the word. You keep sowing those seeds and eventually you have to eat that fruit. I don't know about you, but I want... 
I want to reap a harvest of good things. I want to reap a harvest of blessing and not cursing. I want to reap a harvest of healing and not wounds. James said with our tongue, we can bless our life or we can curse our life. Our music would come this morning. You know, there are many people that don't even realize that with their words, they are cursing their future. You see, sometimes the enemy doesn't have to defeat us. <laughs> we defeat ourselves. We defeat ourselves. I wonder this morning how many blessings we have talked ourselves out of. I wonder this morning how many answered prayers we have talked ourselves out of. Choosing defeat instead of victory to come out of our mouths. Proverbs 6 says, we are snared by the words of our mouth. Snared. You know what that word means? Trapped. You see, your words can trap you. They can cause you to stumble, keep you from your potential. And here's the deal. You're not snared by what you think. We all have negative thoughts come over us from time to time. We can't help that. Being in a world that is so negative, you really can't escape a negative thought. But you're not trapped by what you think. It's when you speak what you think. When you speak those words out, you give them life. They become a reality. When you speak the negative, you've just made your situation so much more difficult. You've made it harder. My God, you've stopped the favor of God in your life. You've stopped the favor of God that was ordained for you. You've set limits on your life. I think it's very interesting that snares are typically a trap that tries to catch birds. It's a trap that's designed for a variety of different animals, but specifically animals that can fly. Church, do you know that you were designed to fly? God created you to fly. Your life is not meant to be mediocre. You are created to live a boring life, but God designed you for flight. But our words have snared us. They have trapped us. Would you stand with me this morning?
Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about worry. And he says this. He said, take no thought saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink? I want you to notice that phrase with me this morning. Take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. Here's the deal. The negative thoughts will come. You can't help it. It's in our nature. We are constantly surrounded by negative. The negative thoughts will come. Church, the key is not to speak it. The thought will die if you don't speak it. And Jesus was saying, hey, you may feel worried. It may seem like there's never, it's never going to happen. But take no thought saying, church, don't verbalize it. Don't get trapped by your word. And it's okay not to know what's going on. You just need to know that you serve a God who knows everything. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows where you're at. He knows what you need. Don't verbalize it. Don't speak it. Learn. Change your vocabulary. Amen. You may not see a way, but you need to speak. I know a God who has a way. I know a God who is the way. I don't know where the funds are going to come from. It may look impossible on paper, but with God, all things are possible. Death and life are in the tongue. I choose life. I choose blessing. I choose to speak that which is good. David could have very well just stayed back in the fields and said, I can't go against Goliath. I can't stand. Look how he's so much stronger than me. He's more equipped than me. He's more talented than me. I love it that we don't find David saying any of that. Because if David would have spoke those words, he would have never found himself on the battlefield. I'm sure there was a little bit of fear. I'm sure there's a little bit of a worry. But he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. That's what he chose to speak. Church, you ought to not speak your fear, but you ought to speak your faith. Yes. Don't speak that what you worry about. Speak the things that you know God's going to come through for you. You may feel fear today, but choose to speak faith. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.